Hello? Welcome. This is Flames of the Two Cities. Hello everyone, and welcome to another special episode of Tales of Two Cities. We are right now with Nikki's friend, Emily, and we are going to be interviewing her about shadow people. So let's start with giving a little background on shadow people for any of our listeners that don't know. Shadow people, also known as shadow figures, shadow beings, or black masses, are commonly reported to be the supernatural presence of a spirit or entity. These figures typically look human-like, but devoid of any particular features as they are a deep black, blacker than black, really. Historically, these figures have been believed to be connected to the dark shades of the underworld. Shadow people have been described by Heidi Hollis as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision. Some report these figures as trying to jump on their chest or as choking them. While many believe shadow people to be harmful, Others say that they are neither helpful nor harmful. Instead, they're indifferent to people and neutral to our existence. Some think they may just be people of another dimension or universe. Shadow (laughs) people have some psychological or physiological explanations, such as sleep paralysis. Those who are suffering from paralysis may be more inclined to experience these shadow people as they lie unable to move. Others suggest the heightened emotion of being paralyzed may increase the chances or likelihood of them seeing these things as it may cause them to incorrectly perceive a shadow as a person. Meth addicts are also commonly described as seeing shadow people after long bouts without sleep. Psychiatrist Jack Pott suggests that for meth users, there's a conspiratorial component in which the lack of sleep has caused individuals to see shadow people. Someone coming towards you, stalking you, watching you. It's never a benevolent shadow like a cat or a bird. While meth use may increase the likelihood of experiencing a shadow person, shadow people are reported by non-meth users frequently, so it's not just meth users. We're lucky enough today to have a guest, Emily, who's going to tell us about her experiences with shadow people. Hello, Emily. Hi. Want to tell us about stuff? What kind of stuff? What do you want to know? Shadow people stuff. About shadow people. Where should I start? Um, the beginning. And go to the end. Nailed it! Beginning, go to the end, go back to the middle, and then kind of briefly touch the beginning again. Also, um, do so while dodging the parrots that are outside listeners. We are once again together, because I am leaving and we are recording multiple podcasts before I leave. We're not going to trick you and pretend like we're not. We are in the same room, and by room I mean trailer. And there are a large group of parrots outside that are very chatty. So, if you hear them, we apologize. We are trying our damnedest (laughs) to try to not record when they're squealing, but they come and go frequently. So, uh, we're doing our best. And if you hate it, write us about it, because we really just love an email. Yeah, we want to hear some (laughs) sort of connection, even if you hate us. We literally just need to know you're there. We miss you, (laughs) because we've never met you. So... (laughs) So, back to Emily. And her shadow people experiences. Yes. Tell us about them. Uh, so I should go ahead and say that I never in my life have done methamphetamine. Um, uh, yeah, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, listeners, um, we don't have a meth addict on our... We don't yeah. endorse meth no. use. No. We are not... Uh, this is not Breaking Bad. Nope. Um, I don't foresee any of us partaking in Breaking Bad. Nope. I don't even like the show, so... 
I think that's a pretty dangerous opinion, Ellie. We may have lost a lot of listeners. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we might have lost one. <laughs> right? Our only one. Yes. Okay, so back to Emily. A leg. They lost a leg. <laughs> right? Shadow people. Shadow people. Um, I mean, if I'm starting at the beginning, I don't really know uh, when the first time I, I saw a shadow person was. Um, I think I've just always seen them. Um, and I don't know, like, I can't tell you if they're, like, evil or good or whatever. So, shadow people are neither good nor bad. Well, I'm not saying that. I think people definitely have experiences um, with shadow people. And I'm going to keep going because the parents. Again, um, we, we're apologizing. We just can't keep waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there are certainly people out there who have had experience with, experiences with shadow people that have been bad like the night terrors like having um experiencing the shadow people that have either red or green eyes that are attributed to being demonic um so wait 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 so you some people have seen shadow people with different colored eyes yes and we'll we'll that'll be the middle part that i'll I'll come back Mm -hmm. to okay (laughs) um no i have i haven't seen shadow people with colored eyes um so i'm not i'm not saying that you know shadow people aren't bad um, I have but not in your experiences, them. they have not been bad. Yes, except for one instance, which I'm not exactly sure if it if it qualifies as a shadow person. But we'll we'll circle back around to that. Um, so I think the first time I really like noted experiencing a shadow person, um, I was a kid, uh, you know, hanging out in my grandparents' backyard, and this was in um, the Gwinnett County area, Quilton B. Cove, um, outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And I was in their backyard, and they had a pretty pretty good amount of property, but it was downhill from the house, and then the, the property ended in a gully, and the gully was dry, and I was um, hanging out back there. And um, I remember seeing this uh, huge, like, six, seven-foot-tall figure out of my peripheral vision. Um, and it was bipedal. It was humanoid. And, you know, shadow people are described as being, like, black, but it, like, doesn't even describe it. It's, like light doesn't exist within them um but you can tell that there's depth like they don't look two-dimensional to me um they look like are they human-shaped black holes um so black mass is an appropriate term potentially okay and so i know you you were in the backyard you Mm -hmm. weren't asleep no because, like, for me, when we talked about doing the shadow people thing, I've never had, like, a... I was like, oh, it doesn't exist. Because I, I know a lot of it has to do with, like, sleep paralysis. It's very frequently linked with sleep paralysis. Yeah, and so then I just figured that the two are just, like, you know, you have sleep paralysis, your brain hallucinates, you see a shadow person. Mm-hmm. Something However, in, like, your brain chemistry creates the the neurons fire and you, you yeah. hallucinate something that isn't there. However, if you're... If, but if the story, like, makes... You know, mm-hmm. that changes a whole thing. Thing because she's awake, so it's like there's not this sort of need to create like that fear to calm mm-hmm. down or whatever. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. like, and most know. of the time when I experience a shadow person, it is when I'm awake. I have only experienced sleep paralysis once in my life. I had just moved into my sophomore dorm where I was attending school in South Carolina, mm-hmm. and um, I, it was the first night I had spent in the dorm. Um, I don't remember what I was dreaming about, but I woke up not being able to breathe, and there was this young woman sitting on my chest strangling me. Mm. And I was like, <sighs> yeah. deep breathing. <laughs> um, and I, I, of course, you know, like, saged the shit out of my dorm room, uh, just 
because it made me feel better, even, you know, psychosomatic. Um, or, you know, maybe it had some effect. Uh, but that's the only instance of, like, sleep paralysis I've had, and I don't care to re-experience it. Mm. But she, I don't think, was a shadow person, because I could very clearly, like, see her, see her features. The, the strangling mm-hmm. one. Yeah. With shadow people, I think of them as, as not, you you can't make out any distinguishing features. Mm. Um, I know that there's a, a strong theme within the shadow people uh, message boards, if you like peruse the internet, of um, sort of the classic shadow person, who's what I describe, except wearing a hat um, or a cloak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's not really a great explanation that I've seen as to why some shadow people are seen wearing a hat. He's called Hat Man. And sometimes it's a ball cap, sometimes it's like a fedora, sometimes it's a cowboy hat, um, and, you know, why they don't. The only, there was another time that I experienced a shadow person, uh, was in Oregon. I was about to say here in Oregon, and I'm like, no, I'm not in Oregon. We're currently in California. California. (laughs) Was in Oregon. I was uh, asleep in my own bed, um, uh, with, with my, with my husband, um, and I remember, like, everything within my being screaming for me to wake up and I woke up and there was this huge dark figure looming over the bed and it freaked me out enough that I scrambled backwards and about pushed my husband out of the bed um <laughs> I turned on all the lights in the house <laughs> um and as one would do as, know. yeah as one would do and and didn't sleep for the rest of the night I went in and, and turned on like I love Lucy in Gilligan's Island mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know those uh, those shows where you know nothing bad ever happens uh, you know the worst thing that happens is that Ricky catches Lucy yeah mm-hmm. you know. in her in her lie yes mm-hmm. yes or they're still stuck on the island living in a somewhat paradise right yeah. <laughs> With their coconut cell phones. Yes, exactly. You know. Professor's got it locked mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. But even in that that second instance, it wasn't like I could move, I could breathe. Um, I was definitely awake. And then the next morning, my husband asked me, he's like, did you have strange dreams last night? And I was like, oh yeah. He goes, did you see the thing lingering over the bed? And I was like, the fuck? You might need to edit that out. <laughs> no, we say fuck all the time. It's yeah, fine. we do. It's fine. Um, but that was literally my first reaction because, like, when I woke up and I went and turned on all the lights in the house and, like, turned on, you know, 1950s TV shows, um, I didn't talk to him about it. Like, he went immediately back to sleep. Um, so we we didn't even converse about it. And for him to bring this up and for him to be able to describe it was very, very chilling. Um so, you know, experiencing those things, because um, both of those instances, I definitely feel like what I experienced was bad. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily call the first one a shadow person, and the second one I definitely think was a shadow person. But I don't know what the intent was. Mm. But the other shadow people I've experienced um, have definitely, they've been more of what I think of as like shadow stalkers, where they just like hang out because I experienced them like uh, my grandparents backyard was very wooded um, I experienced them when I'm out hiking um, there's a place in, in Oregon close to where uh, Nikki and I go to school that you walk along the river and you can definitely like see tons of shadow people and other like floating orbs and like lights and shit so it's fancy fun. no shotgun shotgun creek Never been there. Mm-hmm. interesting indeed I'm never going to Oregon. <laughs> we don't talk about Portland. We don't. We don't talk. Shanghai Towns. 
<laughs> Never again. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say the Shanghai Devils. Episode two. Go back to episode two. I will very kindly explain to you what happened to me. <laughs> and I don't ever want to go back. So I should preface, uh, or I should have prefaced, that when Nikki and I hang out for long periods of time, she gets real simple. I don't know how it happens. No, and I'm trying to keep my accent in check here, <laughs> just for clarity. George. <laughs> um, but Nikki does get southern. It happens. We don't know how, but it does. It's mm. like uh, like a sympathetic pain. Mm. <laughs> Not like, like being no, southern is painful. No, like you know when someone feels something, you get it. It's like deep empathy. But with an accent. I also like when you said that, like, we both leaned in. Like, really? <laughs> yes, listen, I did. I, like, that. It just rubs off. Yeah, it does. Like I, I absorb it. Indeed. Like a sponge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, so, shadow people. So, shadow, shadow people. people. So, uh, the eye color thing freaks me out. Can we go back to that? Yeah, so there's, um, again, if you peruse the, like, shadow people boards uh, online, uh, you'll see uh, one of the predominant themes is shadow people with like green or red eyes. Um, Christmas, Christmas, uh, and they Santa. they look <laughs> like shadow people, like they're they're humanoid shape, they're bipedal. Um, people think that they're predominantly male, um, or because they have a sense that they're like uh, have a masculine energy, um, but they have glowing red or green eyes. Um, and most people attribute this to like demons or you know uh, people that have uh, you know sort of escaped the um, the other world, the death realm, uh, you know the other side of the veil, whatever you you desire to call it. Um, I I haven't seen any any glowing eyes myself. I wonder if the assumption that the shadow person is male comes from the fact that they tend to be very large mm-hmm. and. Not necessarily aggressive, but frightening and, and, like, foreboding. Yeah. I wonder if that, our assumptions of masculinity get then projected upon that. I definitely think there's some, like, gender binary shenanigans Mm. um, playing into that. Because I certainly, in the ones that I've seen, have never presented themselves as male or female. Don't assume my shadow person gender. Right? Right. Stop ascribing to the binary system of gender. Yeah. It's oppressive and unfair. Yeah. So, so some other things that come up in the, the shadow people, uh, like when you talk to, to people about shadow people, is that some people think they're interdimensional travelers, mm-hmm. um, which if you ascribe to a, a multiple or infinite universe um, sort of way of thinking could definitely be the case. You know, that they're like impressions of people from other dimensions that are there at the same time in the same place you are. Uh, and I, I think that could definitely be a possibility. I like that one more than some of the other ones. Some people think that they're aliens here to gather data on us. Um, Why wouldn't they be? I don't know. I mean, we really have... Eric Von Daniken! It's always aliens! <laughs> we really have no idea, like, what shadow people are. Mm-hmm. Um, for the most part, we don't know what they want. Like, the, the shadow stalkers, as I prefer to, to call the ones that I experience most often, seem to be just totally willing to hang out and watch. So, you said what they want. Does it feel like they do want something, even if it is just to watch you? Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And I have a couple of friends that, you know, I've talked to to them about their ex- experiences mm-hmm. with shadow people. Uh, one of them uh, was a gal that I met in Pennsylvania who had spent 
most of her young life in Papua New Guinea. Okay. Because her parents were missionaries. <laughs> but she described the, the shadow people uh, that she experienced in Papua New Guinea as uh, needing something, as wanting something. And, uh, you know, the, the people that she was with, you know, working through ritual to appease them. And that's just, you know, one particular case. I have another friend uh, who lives in the southeast who thinks that shadow people are the harbinger of his death. Oh. That they are the equivalent of the Grim Reaper. Oh. Do you think there's, like, a pattern of people that see shadow people and, like, people... Restate. Do you think there's a pattern, like, between all of these people that see shadow people? Like, is everyone that has seen it been religious? Or... And, like, people that aren't religious don't see them? Or... Not that people I've with seen. brown hair. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. People that aren't religious see them, and people that are religious don't. Because, yeah, not that I've seen. Like, um, the the gal that I met in Pennsylvania was very devout Christian. Okay. Um, the my friend that lives in the southeast is, uh, I guess what you would call a religious nun. Mm-hmm. Um, he believes in something. He just believes in that something being nothing. It's a very existentialist conversation. No, I'm just thinking perhaps the ways that people describe and and encounter them is maybe dependent on religious views. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe the red eyes and green eyes come from people who do believe in things that are demonic and perhaps people that feel they're more benevolent and just watch, watching you or observing you are the ones that are more skeptical to religion. Mm-hmm. Well, I would definitely say, and, and this is just my, my own theoretical grounding, that you know, the experience is important, but the meaning that we ascribe to experience is equally important. Um, so I would definitely say that has some bearing in how we interact with shadow people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like with me, um, I don't... With those two occasions that I talked about earlier aside, for the most part, you know, shadow people, people have autonomy, whether you're shadow or not. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're going to do what they're going to do, and if they just want to hang out in the woods and watch me, that's fine. Come for a hike with me. (laughs) I feel like what I'm about to say is a long, dark tunnel. Let's go. All right, let's (laughs) go. I'm I'm about to get late. Let me get Swedish We're adjusting ourselves. (laughs) We're adjusting ourselves. I'm like trying to formulate this in my brain. So... So there's meth addicts who frequently mention shadow people, and specifically methamphetamine. Not not drug users in general. People that are taking uppers and downers have different responses, and there's a lot of different drugs that could cause people to have a similar reaction, but specifically meth. And there is explanation psychologically and physiologically as to why you may experience these things. Like what it would be in in response of. Is it if you have a heightened sense of what's going on around you, you could be more paranoid to shadows and figures and things. And and the Jack, the psychiatrist Jack had said that it was conspiratorial. Mm-hmm. So when you were high on meth, you were more likely to be concerned about your well-being and be feel as though there are people watching you and going to attack you. So it would make sense that shadow people would then be seen as someone who is watching you and wants something from you. I'm wondering if there's something 
in our brain chemistry that is heightened in individuals that are more likely to have these experiences because they're explained in such a variety of ways. So there are people that have seen ghosts. I have seen ghosts in my lifetime. I believe that ghosts are real. And for that, a lot of people think I'm crazy because they have not had those experiences. And potentially, could that then be related to some type of ability, genetic mutation, brain chemistry, environmental change that allows me to interact with these things where other people may see nothing? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I can't, despite being in the helping fields, I can't speak to brain cam- chemistry. That mm-hmm. is way out of my scope. Um, mm-hmm. But I can speak to people's ability to want to rationalize things away mm-hmm. and their ability to rationalize things away mm-hmm. and not trust their eyes and their gut. Especially in, in some religions over others. Mm-hmm. I just wonder because there's such a... If there's a prominence with a a chemical like methamphetamine that allows people or increases the likelihood, I wonder if there is some some physiological explanation as to why not people have this experience like there's something environmentally that changes your brain chemistry so that you have reactions that aren't grounded in reality, but perhaps you have a more... Uh, a higher chance or there's more likelihood of you recognizing those experiences whereas other people would rationalize them away or perhaps whatever it is that we're seeing cannot be seen without that physiological component I'm gonna tag in here I'm drinking the Kool-Aid like going off from what you said right and this is what I originally thought with shadow people that it was connected solely with sleep paralysis it was waking up your brain's hallucinating we're seeing something that we're scared of because naturally it's like as animals that we are anything that's in the dark that's like a looming big figure is like naturally from our caveman genetics we evolved to have that reaction yeah that's like so from like the basis it's just even though we've evolved us like you know mammals the we have a fundamental thing of like if there's danger we like prepare for danger that's why like people that have anxiety issues are just people that are preparing for like any form of danger right um that was what i was thinking originally but now from going off what you're talking about with meth users right it's like there's some things about like people that have t- this is gonna sound like a rambling mess. All right, I'm not. Really That's f- why I said we were going down a dark, dark. Yeah, hole. we're going down this dark, dark hole. You know when people say they take um, mushrooms, like they're able to see things that or feel things in another form of perspective, mm-hmm. right? That might be the same. I'm not saying we should all do meth, but maybe we should. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we do uh, not endorse the use of methamphetamine. Um, but the thing about meth is like, what if? It's like they're preparing for something that they're, like, taking meth allows them to open themselves to a thing that they're able either to see something that we're not able to see, or or it allows them to get more prepared about things that might be not in our perspective that, like, might scare us, like... I, I know this has been debunked, but I still, like, love the story. And it's um, about when, uh, like, the Spanish were coming to, the U- like, the U.S., mm-hmm. and Native Americans were looking at the ocean side, mm-hmm. and they were staring at it, and they were like, something seems odd about it, but we don't know what, because they never saw ships before. 
So the concept of ships, if you just never seen something, it just turns into a blank image. Mm -hmm. However, the chief, since he saw it, he just kept staring off into the ocean and he knew something was wrong, but he couldn't figure out what. So he, every single day he would go out and just stare into the ocean and stare into the ocean until eventually he noticed the ship, mm. right? Maybe that's the same thing with shadow people. Like, it's just some of us can't see it because it's not something we could comprehend. Hmm. And then other people that see it, they're able to be the chief. And finally recognize it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how do you tie that back into the body going from, like, rest, digest to fight or flight? I just took a Swedish special thing. <laughs> <laughs> right so my timing is perfect. <laughs> well, I, I'm just thinking, like you're saying, the difference between fight and flight... What do you say? Rest and rest digest. digest. The rest automatic. digest. System, yeah. I've never heard the rest digest. Yeah, I'm, I just know. Right now, fight. I'm resting and digesting the yeah. Swedish, Swedish fish. fish. Swedish fish, a wonderful company that produces vegan snack foods. Mm -hmm. If you would like to sponsor us, we would love it. We we're, love your product. We're poor. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> we're poor. So, like Ellie, Ellie was talking about meth, and meth is an upper, mm -hmm. um, and how she was. You were speculating that um, you know when you when you take methamphetamine because it's an upper, your body is like current caught. It's like, on preparing on for fight something. or flight. It's yeah. constantly it's in not that. in rest digest. Oh, okay. which, were, which would be where like a downer would put you. Mm -hmm. um, which is like the opposite of what people with sleep paralysis are because they are in rest and then awoken mm -hmm. to immediate fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm just wondering how you tie in the the story of um, the ships with that that you know being in the, the well, transition. I think it turned into two different stories. Well, no, but that that kind of relates because if the if in the debunked story the natives are looking at the ocean and they cannot perceive ships as they're coming in, they just feel a sense of dis-ease. It mm -hmm. is not, this is not normal in some way or another, but I'm not actually visualizing a ship because that is not something I can recognize. Mm -hmm. That puts them on edge. They are looking at the ocean in a state of rest and immediately put into a state of fight or flight, but they're blocked from that. So there's, there's moments when you feel like you're being watched and there's nothing there. So I'm going to take us further down the rabbit hole. All right, let's go. Let's revisit the murder motel. Oh, no! Listeners. <laughs> oh, my God, that was the thing. Okay, yeah. Listeners, if you have not yet listened to our episode on hotels, mm -hmm. episode five? Four, I think. Five is hospitals. Yes, episode four on haunted hotels. Um, my adventure buddy is Emily. Emily Hi. was the person <laughs> with me in the undislocated... Unnamed. Undisclosed, <laughs> yeah. not dislocated, undisclosed, <laughs> yeah. Swedish fish make my brain go wonky. Yeah. Oh Is that a shadow person? No, <laughs> um, The undisclosed location in an undisclosed motel. Um, Emily was the travel buddy. So how do you want to, okay, yeah, you, so where are you going here? When we, when we first were at the murder motel, <laughs> she took it there. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I went to go use the bathroom. I immediately locked onto that crawl space in the mm -hmm. ceiling. Um, and Because I was immediately uncomfortable. I was just, like, looking around. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and immediately saw it and immediately was just like, oh, shit. This is how I die on my two-week wedding anniversary. <laughs> Not with my husband, with my adventure buddy. <laughs> um, Honeymoons are better with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you had also used the bathroom and, and didn't see it. And seemed to be mostly 
unaffected besides the super itchiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, that triggered the my thought of, well, I mean, I see shadow people. Do you see shadow people? I have never seen a shadow person, but I have seen ghosts. Okay. But I will say, the ghosts that I have experienced have been familial ghosts. I have never felt a threat from a ghost. Um, and I've never felt... There's only been maybe one or two instances where I felt a presence that I was not... Let me back up. The the ghost that I had the most extreme experience with, the one that manifest and looked exactly like a living person in the flesh right in front of me, I, in the moment, did not know was a relative. It took time afterwards to find out that he was my great-grandfather that died the year before I was born. But, having known that, my immediate reaction was fear because there was a strange old man in the backyard that I could see in the dark and didn't understand. And my brain rationalized, the light is on, that's why you can see him. It's strange that he's facing the door the wrong way. Who is this person and why is he here? I am home alone. That scares me. Ellie is frightened because she is about 15 feet from the door in which it was... (laughs) Ellie is safe now. Firefly! Firefly! (laughs) The strange man looked entirely human of this world in this moment and later found out it was my great-grandfather it was a time of family crisis my uncle was in the hospital my whole family was with him i was at home no one had told me that he was basically dying he didn't die he's totally fine he's a cockroach you can't kill him Mm -hmm. but when i knew it was him i no longer was frightened of the experience there was nothing that that felt like it was a threat to me aside from a strange person in a what would be safe space because I'm at my grandmother's house there should not be a person in the backyard Mm -hmm. my other experiences of a ghost have been feeling as though someone is there knowing that someone is there but not seeing a person that is there I've heard voices occasionally and I've had moments where I am lying in bed and can visualize what it is that is looking at me but when I open my eyes there's nothing there and I recognize those people as friendly and and familial because my eyes are closed. I see a man sitting on my bed who I recognize as my great-grandfather, not of the same age that he was when I saw him the first time. I see him as a younger man, which I have seen pictures of him as a younger man, so with my eyes closed, recognize that as my great-grandfather, with women wearing, like, bustles and corsets, who I assume are likely family members from further down the line. But because he is there, they are not, they're just sitting there looking at me. And I open my eyes and they're not there, and that's, that's the extent of that interaction. I have never had an interaction with a ghost where I felt in any way threatened. I have mm-hmm. had moments where I'm like, there's a man sitting on my couch that does not belong there. Sir, you need to leave. But that person did not make me feel uncomfortable. Okay. Mm. Do you think that because you see ghosts that are from your family line, whereas I see and experience things that are uh, not from my family line, mm-hmm. or stranger, mm-hmm. uh, stranger in the sense that I don't can't recognize, don't right. know, um, that has something to do with why I immediately latched onto that crawl space. I don't know, because I, like I said in the episode, I had a gut feeling that something was off, but I rationalized it in the, it's you being a privileged little white girl, and not liking that you're in a place that isn't your privileged white bubble. And I can't say that my feeling was connected to some kind of bad energy there, but I wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
and I was I wasn't comfortable in a way that was not yeah, typically in those situations when I am uncomfortable, if I go into the room and lock the door, I then feel like there is a barrier between me and the world that was scary. The things that were unknown and different, because I am in a bubble. The same way that when I get scared and feel like there's something in my bedroom, I pull the covers over my head because the blankets are going to protect me. Like, the door isn't going to protect me if someone's going to break through the door. The way the blanket isn't going to protect me if a woman is going to sit on my chest and strangle me as I'm paralyzed in my sleep. But the the anxiety of being in a strange place that I felt like I was not in control of did not become lessened by being in a bubble of a room that I can recognize, become familiar with, and lock myself into. So I don't know if that is connected to the fact that I see ghosts and, and and there's also the idea that maybe those ghosts and spirits I see all the time are always with me and I have that bubble of they're like don't look up there Nikki you don't need to you know there's there's always that mm-hmm. it's interesting sorry what you had said earlier I was just like I wonder if this is applicable but but mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that crawl space I was out mm-hmm. that crawl space the second my eyes were on it were like no 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 you need to leave and not just because it's a creepy ass crawl space because that creepy ass crawl space is making my gut hit the floor yes <laughs> which is very different it wasn't that thing looks sketchy that heater looks like it might explode the phone isn't working we need to have that fixed it was that thing is sinister I am out yeah mm-hmm. And I think, to bring it back around to shadow people, when there, I, I have known people who have experienced shadow people and they, they instantly get that sinister vibe. Mm-hmm. Instantly. Now, I would say most of these people, and I'm not going to like assign a percentage or anything because, you know, I don't have that in front of me. Uh, Statistics are stupid anyway. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would say that most of the people that, ex- that have that reaction are Abrahamic in their faith. So okay. they practice Christianity, Judaism, or uh, Islam. Uh, one of the in which there is a binary between good and evil. Therefore, if there is good, there must be evil. Yes. Evil things, Satan, um, demons, demons. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so I was uh, in, in preparation for this. I was sort of puttering around some of my old haunts on the internet and uh, was uh, reading a, a, a post. And I don't remember your name, so if you're listening, I apologize. But was email us. We'll acknowledge you. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> We'll talk about you in the next episode. Uh, but he was he was equating equating his experience uh, with a shadow person um, and recognizing that the shadow person was probably a jinn. Now a jinn, J I N N, comes from uh, Islamic traditions. Oh, and, yes, yes, I know that. Yeah, yeah and, okay. and it was created with man and with with angels because in mm-hmm. in the beginning three were created. Uh, jinns were, I believe, and. Correct me if I'm wrong. Send them an email. They'll communicate it to me. We will, we will, we will. Mm -hmm. Um, The jinns were created before man, and they're fire beings. Uh, They're they're made of fire. Uh, Which, to me, as I was reading this uh, uh, on one of my old website haunts, um, I thought about the red eyes. Mm -hmm. So there's there's lots of interesting tie-ins, and I do think that how we perceive and and what faith we are and the way that we filter the world in Mm -hmm. has a, a huge thing to do with how we interact with shadow people. Mm-hmm. But let's bring it back to the brain chemistry thing. Okay. Okay. Because I'm just thinking, <coughs> I have degrees in anthropology, but I'm a cultural anthropologist. 
I had to learn about biological anthropology to get my master's degree. I'm three field trained. I had to do theory classes, but I still have a very, very basic understanding of genetics. And I think to be fair, even the most profound geneticist will admit that they have just the smallest understanding of genetics because it's so entirely complex. There's so many factors that it's like almost impossible to really fully understand because we, we know that it's not just, it's not nature or nurture, it's nature and nurture. And the environment is one, so uncontrollable and two, so constantly changing that it would be impossible to limit the, the variables to understand and have a constant to, to recognize this little piece of environment that changes has this effect on genetics. Mm. So I just wonder if there is something genetically, some micromutation somewhere that would increase the likelihood. And Tanya Lerman has done research on this. Tanya Lerman is incredibly brilliant at Stanford, did work. She has an incredible book called When God Talks Back, and, mm -hmm. and it's on evangelical Christians that have conversations with God. And she did a lot on, on brain chemistry and likelihood of people to have these types of interactions, and it has a lot to do with a spectrum that she placed people on. People that are higher on the spectrum are more likely to have these experiences, and I wonder if there is not something genetically in these people that are more likely to have experiences, talking to God, seeing ghosts, seeing shadow people, anything that is deemed supernatural, meaning not of the rational, logical, natural world, those supernatural experiences could be linked to some type of genetic anomaly that in everyday life, the way that we're existing in it doesn't have much of a difference until that supernatural entity is in front of you and you say, I see it, and another person says, no, I don't. Until you see a shadow person and the other person says, it was your shadow. And I'm just... I will never have an answer for this because I am not a geneticist, but I just wonder, especially th through millions of years of human evolution, what it is that consistently for years and years and years, various cultures have said things like ghosts and spirits and, and demons and these things exist cross-culturally through time. It's hard to say that that's not real. Mm -hmm. Even if it is... Sasquatch. What if Sasquatch is really just a shadow person? You have we have no way of knowing that until we understand more about what it is and the only way to understand that is to use the rational scientific world to understand the irrational supernatural paranormal world, which doesn't work. Which doesn't work. It doesn't. And it's uh, also, if you want to know more about Sasquatch, <laughs> Our previous episode was about monsters. I'm just gonna throw that in there. Keep going. No, I totally forgot what I was gonna say. Oh no. Oh, oh no. no. I lost it. I, I, had, I had said that the only way to really understand would be to use the rational scientific world, and I got it. It's interesting to me looking at the, the genetics portion, because in, if you look at every human society throughout the ages, there's always been some sort of uh, healer figure, some sort of shaman, some sort of witch, whether that person was considered uh, good, bad, in between, who acted as an inter intermediary between, uh, you know, mm -hmm. people who, who could not experience these things and didn't have these abilities and uh, what I prefer to call the more than human world. Um, Thank you, David Abrams. I love you. Please email me. Please listen to our podcast, David Abrams <laughs> and Tanya Lerman. Yes. Our, 
or Jamie Abrams, Abrams uh, is a is a phenom- is a phenomenologist, and uh, you say that ten times fast. Phenomenologist, phenomenologist. Yes, and his his book, Spell of the Sensuous, um, you should totally go read. Um, but who acted as an inter- intermediary between um, people who couldn't have these experiences, didn't have these abilities, and the more than human world, mm-hmm. and. If the bit about genetics has bearing, I believe that, you know, theoretically, they would show up in DNA if we could get our hands on it. If we knew where to look. If we knew where to look. And the problem is, it's literally looking for a needle in a haystack. Mm -hmm. Because genetics are so incredibly complex. Yeah. Because it could literally be one small blip that creates absolutely nothing that is physically seeable, anatomically seeable, and it could be something as small as brain chemistry. Maybe we have a spike in some chemical that causes a reaction that allows us to see things more clearly than others, and the the, the idea of a sixth sense, to me, is not that far off, mm-hmm. because it, it so easily could be. Oh, yeah. And we are so scientifically biased to recognize these things that why would we investigate a gene that helps people see ghosts? But we should. Because ghosts aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we did warn you we were going down a a dark, dark tunnel. I did say it was a dark, dark tunnel. (laughs) But with shadow people, it's it's really interesting to me because, like, I'm one of 12 cousins on my maternal side, and it was my maternal grandparents' house in which I, I first remember experiencing shadow people. Um... On, of the 12 cousins on my maternal side, I've she- seen shadow people, my eldest cousin has seen shadow people, and that's it. That's it. Can I ask a semi-personal question? Yes, I'll pass if it's too personal. Is that side religious? Yes, in an, un- in an unofficial way. They're, I would say they're more spiritual. Okay. That's the side of my family where my grandparents grew up in Appalachia. Um, all of most of my aunts and uncles have had um, experiences in it and with the more than human. Okay. Um, but I think looking at the genetic side of things and the brain chemistry side mm-hmm. of things, the fact that only two of twelve mm-hmm. have had these experiences, that means if there is something in our DNA, and I'm just checking my understanding here because mm-hmm. I am I am not a three field trained anthropologist. <laughs> um <laughs> Nothing to brag about. <laughs> um, don't ask me about linguistics. That's the field I don't know. Yeah, but but theoretically, you know, if if the genetic and the brain chemistry piece is true, that means something has been flip-flopped or switched on in ours. But that's such a variety. There's so many environmental causes mm-hmm. because it it boils down to you. Like if your if your mom ate a shit ton of the pickles when she was pregnant with you because that was her craving. Mm-hmm. There could it could be something as small as or if she was super obsessed with orange juice and she had this influx of vitamin C. She was having fresh squeezed orange juice every day. That could very so easily mind. that thing. Well, that's an example. It's like uh, the thalidomide babies, thalidomide babies. You get, oh, no, I'm alone here. <laughs> in like, in the 1950s, there was a, uh, a drug that came out, and it was um, supposed to not let, like, women have, like, uh, morning sickness, mm-hmm. right? So a whole bunch of women started taking it when they were pregnant. However, 
all of these babies uh, were born mutated. Yes, I know what right? you're talking about now, yes. And it w became like one of the biggest things in that time. Yeah. And, and there's there's a lot of research that's been done on not just people. Obviously, we don't do, you know, human testing on things because <laughs> why would we use humans when there's animals? Yeah. Um, sitting at a table with... Um, vegetarian, vegan, and um, partial vegetarian. I'm going to call him a partial vegetarian. I'm getting there. <laughs> um, I have a husband that's a big carnivore. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, the the bits and pieces of what we've done with animals to understand the ways that we can cells are programmed to do as cells do. If you take the beak of a chicken and put it on an alligator in small, like very small cells of what will become a beak, it will still grow into a beak. The cells do what cells are intended to do. And so there's so many things that in the environment, whether it's what your mother is eating, perhaps there was um, a fire and there was more pollen. There's so many things that could turn something off or on that are not acknowledged when you think of siblings mm -hmm. because you think siblings mother father are the same like in your in your case you have a brother and you have a sister and both of them are from the same parent so therefore you have half from dad as all of your siblings do well just because you have half from dad doesn't mean that there's not something in dad's dna that environmentally while your mom was pregnant with you would be different from when your mom was pregnant with your brother or your sister mm -hmm. and so it could be that there is something genetically and that only you said three two or three of the twelve two, two, two of the twelve cousins only two of those twelve cousins could have that one thing that got turned on and there's so many things with dominant and recessive genes that are not as simple as a punnet square where you have 25% chance not of having the this. Not <laughs> so I'm, I'm having flashbacks to high school biology. But, but, but Mendelian traits are so few and far between. The chance of a boy and a girl being 50-50 are not the same as what shade your eyes will be. Mm -hmm. that, is, that is a spectrum that is... There's a variety of genes that get turned off and on that change that. And so it, it could be... Like, my grandma has had experiences with ghosts. My mom and my uncle refused to acknowledge ghosts until my mom had the back door flying closed in her face when there was not a even a smallest breeze. And my uncle started seeing orbs floating in his room. And after years of my grandmother and I saying, we've had these experiences, suddenly all of those things that they rationalized away made a lot more sense. So there's, there's still the, oh, it's just my shadow. You know, there's still mm -hmm. the component of how someone is going to interpret it, and the genetics could be there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that if your mom sees ghosts, you would. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So shadow people could really just be genetic. <laughs> but we're certainly not trying to rationalize the more than human world away. No. Please don't get us on the trail, shadow people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dark trail. Mm-hmm. So shadow people... Real to some, fiction to others. Some things just aren't explainable. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, another of our... I don't want to call this a mini-episode, because we're special already... Episodes. So this is one of our special episodes in which we don't compare tales from two cities. Um, they talk to really awesome people. <laughs> if you would like to be on our show, we'd love to ask you questions about oh, your experiences. Yeah. Just write us! Please! We have a website... We have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube. 
basically anywhere you can download podcasts because we really want you to download these. We'll um, put up flyers. We'll send out <laughs> buttons. <laughs> we really would like to expand and have some type of merchandise and uh, perhaps a Patreon page where we could give you bonus content, but we need to hear from people to know that they would be willing to actually do that. So yeah. if you want to tweet us, you can like our pictures on Instagram, you can comment on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook. There's a variety of ways to reach out to us, and we would really like to hear from you guys. So until then, I don't know. Stay weird. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs>